Right now on Truth Today, we're going to be discussing Canada, a nation going from hope to tyranny and dictatorship. My guest will be persecuted pastor Arthur Haloski, and we're going to be discussing all things about his ordeal, his persecution. Folks, this is alive. This is real. This is what Christians are facing right now. And the church in America and in the West needs to wake up and get ready. We need to count the cost of following Christ, standing up for truth and righteousness. You don't want to miss the show right now on Truth Today. Well, thank you for joining us here today on Truth Today. Uh, my, my name is Pastor Sharam Haiti with Truth and Love Ministry. We're so glad you can be with us uh, if you're on the uh, West Coast or uh, Central Time, good morning. And of course, on the East Coast here, good afternoon. Uh, this is a important, important show. All of our shows, uh, of course, I believe are important, but especially today, as we bring light to the persecution of Christians and especially the persecution of pastors and what's going on in Canada, please right now share this link, whether you're on Rumble or on our website, please text someone, call someone, have them watch this show right now. And if they can't watch live, please go to our archives on rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian. You see on the screen there, rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian. Please subscribe to that page as well. But you want to make sure you're catching the show. Um, folks, we are we are in these last days, and we know that the Bible has told us that uh, persecution will increase. Evil is increasing. Righteousness is fading. We need to pray for the remnant of God's people to stand. And I want to share, as we always do on our program, we start with the Word of God and uh, in the Bible, which because that's our foundation. I, I want to turn to uh, two verses this morning. One is in Ephesians chapter 5 which is something that we covered earlier last week when I had my guest Alex Newman on. And the Apostle Paul tells us under the leading of the Holy Spirit that we were once in darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. We need to walk as children of light for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord so our mission is to walk in the light and to find what is acceptable to the heart of the Father, not what is acceptable to the world, not what is pleasing to the world. And too many Christians and too many churches today are living to somehow get the approval of the world rather than the approval of the Father. And when we seek to get the approval of the Father, then what happens is oftentimes that means we're going to have to go through suffering. We're going to have to go through persecution. We're going to have to go through hardship. But the Bible also tells us that we ought to suffer with those who suffer. We ought to carry the burden of those who are in a place of burden for standing up for truth, for standing up for faith. And so much of the Western church is in a state of lukewarmness rather than in a state of fire, in a state of counting the cost and being disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So we are not to engage and have fellowship with that which is evil, with which, which that which is darkness. In fact, we're to go further and to expose that darkness, to bring light to the darkness. We're supposed to be light and salt. And that's what's missing. What's missing? Why, why America is in the state it's in, why Canada is in the state it's in, why the world is in the state it's in is because the church of Jesus Christ is not being light and is not being salt and is not working to not only stand for righteousness, but to expose the works of darkness. And it is important for us that as we see evil, that we stand up against that evil and we speak truth to that evil. And oftentimes I've said that many Christians and churches and pastors in the West need to listen to those Christians and pastors who have lived under evil, who have lived under tyranny, whether they've lived under communism, socialism, Marxism, in my case coming from living under Islam, 
and the tyranny of Islam, which is still governing my birth nation 45 years later. And today we have a guest that many of you know if you followed our ministry and if you've been a part of Patriot Church here in Knoxville, Tennessee, you know that our guest has suffered greatly for the cause of Christ and for the cause of standing up against evil because he lived it. He lived that evil. And I want to share with you one other quick verse before we bring our guest on this morning. And this is in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus spoke as he was speaking to the synagogue and he quotes the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. This is speaking to his mission. It's speaking to his calling and by definition is speaking to our calling. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to the downtrodden. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to those who are prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And some translations say those who are in tyranny to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And so the Lord himself has come to speak truth and freedom and liberty to the captives. And that when we see tyranny, we are to speak liberty and freedom and stand for liberty and stand for freedom, even though we know there's going to be a great cost because we are here to set people free. And right now, it's like, particularly in the last three and a half years, it's like the world has just come under this demonic spell, this demonic fear. And it is going to take courageous Christians and courageous pastors to speak into that evil darkness in order to set people free, in order for people who have ears to hear to be set free. And that's why we have our guest on this morning. Uh, we're going to bring on uh, Pastor Arthur Palowski. Um, I consider him a hero of the faith, a modern-day hero of the faith. Uh, Pastor Palowski is originally from Poland. He immigrated to Canada from Poland. He lived under communism. He lived under Marxism, socialism. He came to Canada because of freedom, because it was supposed to represent freedom. He currently is the founder and pastor of Street Church Ministries. Uh, the website is on the screen there. You see streetchurch.ca. Pastor Pelosky has endured, I would consider, uh, a, a good amount of hell on earth, if we can say it that way, because of the fact that he has been arrested well over 20 times, has spent well over 50 days in prison, including 40 plus days in solitary confinement. He has been on, under house arrest now for well over a year, I think a year, about a year and a half or so. And this is all happening, folks, in Canada. I'm not talking about Russia. I'm not talking about China. I'm not talking about the Middle East. We're talking about Canada in North America. So we welcome now, Pastor Pulaski, if you have unmuted your, your microphone, thank you for being on the program today. It is absolutely an honor to have you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, so Pastor Arthur, there's so much to cover. Uh, I'm so grateful. I was sharing with you before we went live that, uh, not that this is about me, this is about you today. We wanna focus on your story and what you've endured and what, you're, what is ahead of you because this is far from over, the battle that you're facing. But uh, uh, we, we share a little bit of, of a backstory in that uh, uh, I also immigrated to Canada from, from uh, Iran, from a nation that was, uh, ha had gone under tyranny. And when we came to Canada, it was because it was supposed to be a bastion of freedom. It was supposed to be a bastion of where kind of people landed from all over the world, kind of a melting pot where people came to, to live out their lives, live out their faith, and to witness what has happened to Canada, 
to witness that Canada uh, is no different than communist China or any other totalitarian regime. Would you speak a little bit about your backstory of just your journey to Canada before we get into uh, where I think most people discovered you, which is what happened during COVID. I wanna then talk about that viral video. I love that video where you uh, dealt with the police and the health department that came into your church in Calgary. But first, thank you for being on again. Share a little bit about your journey to Canada, just kind of a backstory for our audience. Yes, thank you. I, as you can tell very quickly, I grew up behind the Iron Curtain under the boots of the Soviets in a very peculiar country, Poland. Um, I think that's why God has uh, chosen a, a little me because of those different back things. I grew up in a city that had a concentration camp. As kids, we were playing in the bunkers of the SS. Of course, my grandparents were telling me stories from the Second War, what the Russians did, what the Germans did to people, um, the older generation. They couldn't forget the atrocities, the murder, the raping, the pillaging of uh, the Germans, the Nazis uh, during the Second War. But when the world was celebrating victory over uh, Hitler, while uh, Poland was taken by Stalinism and we were um, taken over by socialism and communism. So that's where I uh, was born. I was born under the boots of the Soviets, behind the Iron Curtain. And um, I remember the never-ending uh, lineups. I remember my parents constantly chasing after necessities of life. I remember my mom, uh, since I remember, since I was a, a little boy, she was sending me uh, to a, a bakery just you were only allowed to buy one loaf of bread and the lineup was so big you couldn't see the end of it so that's the childhood everything was around how to survive another day you couldn't talk freely because of the fear that someone will denounce you to the police uh, police officers they had a very famous saying that give us a man and we'll find something on that man. And this sounds like Canada right now. I'm telling you, they're making mm. stuff up. They're manufacturing, manipulating, making things up, charges uh, from thin air. Um, so that was my childhood. Um, you could be arrested for just possessing a pamphlet that was not approved by the Communist Party. And by the way, uh, there were now a number of different parties within communism, but they all were chirping the same way. There was only one party line, different colors, different clothes, uh, but the same narrative, just like we have right now. Don't kid yourself. You don't have Republicans and Democrats. They're all the same. It's one big party. I'm not saying that some of the people there are bad or good. Some are good. Some are evil, but some are, are good. So I've met in the United States some incredible, amazing politicians. I marveled. I was remember I remember I was invited as a keynote speaker with a governor uh, from Tennessee uh, and and I listened to him and I said I have to change my entire speech because he is um, speaking more like a pastor now mm -hmm. I have to start speaking more like a politician <laughs> because <laughs> to balance it out I, I was in shock we don't have that in Canada there's only one party chirping the same thing no one is standing up for us believe it or not not one politician in Canada either MLA or member of parliament is defending our rights not even one zero all bought and paid for so I grew up in the same system but I also and I believe that's why God is using me I saw the power of the people under the solidarity movement in 1980 81 82 and finally the people that were ruled by 50,000 communists 36 million people have said enough is enough and they took it to the streets under the umbrella of unity under the umbrella uh, we are in this together under solidarity solidarity with each other and that's what's needed once again not just in the church but globally they took it to the streets and they paralyzed their wicked, evil system, but simply refusing to work, to cooperate, non-compliance, civil rights movement, Martin Luther King Jr. style, Mahatma Gandhi, and of course, like Valenza, uh, there was no guns, there was no shooting. Simply people said, we're nobody's slaves, we're not going to work for you. And it was over. Everything collapsed. Poland got liberated, Europe got liberated, Iron Curtain was broken, Berlin Wall fell down, and 
we had our first and free democratic election in 1989 since the invasion of the Germans. So fast forward, uh, my parents decided to emigrate. It, it was just too much, too many things for too long. They wanted a fresh start. Uh, they wanted to work hard and give us a better future. We went through hell back and forth. Literally, when people ask me, how is life under communism? It's hell. It's hell. You are living in constant fear. You don't know if the neighbor will denounce. You could go to prison for just listening to a radio that was not approved by the Communist Party. A, a total nightmare. We end up in Greece, believe it or not. That's where I met my wife. We mm. were living in Greece. Uh, we were very successful business people in Greece. And one thing that was missing was freedom. We wanted to have documents. We wanted to have passports. We wanted to just start all over in a nation that loves freedom, rule of law, um, just sanity. You know, we came from one insanity to another and we were thirsting for something normal when we can buy a house and have children and, and give them a better future. So when we attended a meeting uh, with the officer in Canadian embassy in Athens, uh, he said those words that I will never forget. Come to Canada. Canada is the freest country on earth. In Canada, no one will ever persecute you for your fate. So we sold everything. We gave up our businesses. We did not emigrate to Canada for uh, bread or mm. silver or, or gold. We came to Canada for freedom. And here I am, 340 citations later, wow. multiple arrests, 120 court cases, uh, in and out of jail, in and out of courtroom. Uh, there were times that I spent more time in court or with lawyers than in the church as a pastor. Mm. So let this sink in. It was insanity. My children don't know anything else except the father inside uh, of jail, outside, wow. in court, outside. And my son um, kind of was breaking my heart a little bit. My oldest boy, uh, which I'm so super proud of because he is now a, a, a rising lion globally, uh, he said in one of the interviews, you know, how is your growing up? Like, uh, you know, how it was to grow up in an environment like this? And he says, well, I, I became kind of a null uh, because that's the only thing I know. My father mm -hmm. is fighting with corruption all the time, the slander, the gossip, the attacks of the mainstream propaganda, uh, the politicians. Uh, it's just the police constantly knocking at the doors, tickets after tickets. Uh, so he said, I don't know anything else. I have seen my father fighting and now he's, it's his turn to step uh, in. So going back to the story, I mean, it's complicated. It started uh, way before the big lie, the COVID lie. Uh, for me, it started when the Canadian government declared that giving free goods and services mm. is prohibited by law. So in other words, I was feeding thousands of people, I was taking them off the streets. Oh, by the way, I still do. That's what we do. And that get, got me in trouble uh, all those uh, years. Um, well, the government said that when you give a sandwich to a dying child on the street without a permit, well, you are actually committing an offense. So <laughs> I got hundreds of tickets. I got tickets for uh, offensive signage. Jesus loves you. Jesus is king. I received tickets for illegally congregating. I received tickets for uh, illegal distribution of printed material. Bibles were confiscated by the police. Can you imagine in Canada, police officers raiding your church, confiscating Bibles in Canada, Calgary, Alberta? Well, that happened to me never. Uh, those Bibles were never returned, the gospel tracts. Fast forward, I fought with them. I won. I lost my houses. I was a very successful businessman. I lost millions of dollars. I lost my property, but I won. 2015, finally I won. 2006, I was arrested also for publicly reading Bible. I faced a year of imprisonment. So I was in and out of this craziness. But finally, I win. They leave me be uh, for a while, and then the COVID came. And I don't know if you remember, I became the first Canadian to get a COVID ticket. For what? Because I refused to stop feeding the poor. The mm. poor that they kicked out from shelters, 15 to 20,000 different individuals. When I told them, what do you think is going to happen to those people? They're going to roam the streets. They're going to whack your grandma's head. They will break into your car, into your garage. They're going to turn themselves into a lifestyle of crime if you don't give them food. I mean, that's... That's just logic 
this is nothing, you know, um, this is not a rocket scientist. Uh, well, I appealed it to the mayor. I appealed it to the premier. I appealed it to the ministers. And no one even replied to me. No mm. one cared. Mm. At that moment, I'm telling you, I knew this has nothing to do with health, keeping right. us safe. This is a bloody murder. This is something sinister, something that this world has never seen uh, before. And of course, I was right. I kept feeding the poor. The police showed up. I got a ticket. They did a big story, chief of police, press conference. You know, Pastor Artopolowski, this bloody murder. And now he's a super spreader. Everyone will die because of him feeding the poor. Of course, it was nonsense. They threatened me with arrest. And then eventually, of course, I was arrested uh, in and out for attending rally. Um, my my record, believe it or not, was 2020 Christmas, right after the Halloween, when the government said to the children, have fun, uh, they canceled Christmas. They said, you're not allowed to have a brother for coffee. We'll send the police patrolling the streets, seeing if there are extra cars in front of your house or break the door, we'll arrest you all. So what I did, I went on television and I said, you devils i'm canceling you you cannot cancel god mm. you cannot cancel mm. christmas so i invited mm. people to the biggest christmas celebration in the land thousands of people showed up triple a stakes we had gifts for the homeless and over 100 police officers 52 police cars chief of police anti-terrorists came wow. and 20 cops on bicycles and i did according to them unthinkable during that time in canada you were not allowed to sing i hired carolers and we were singing christmas songs that was a disaster for them they said now the whole city is going to die they gave me 15 cover tickets 2021 comes they started to harass us intimidate us in a building a street church is outside we feed thousands of people every week and then we have a church building where i teach theology of course and and history so they started to attack us in a building and that's where that viral video came mm. that people got to know me when they broke criminal code of Canada. Those officers, those health inspectors, they broke criminal code of Canada, section 176, 1, 2 and 3, entered illegally our, our um, place of worship. And they were demanding to talk with me while I was preparing for the sermon. So I had only one thing for them. Get out. And um, as you remember... It took me over 30 times to get those evil, wicked people out yep. of my property. And eventually they go. Uh, but I'm telling you, yeah. after that video went viral, billion, over a billion views. Wow. I was uh, receiving phone calls from around the world. And, and, and you know, I, I, I'm telling you, I recorded it, I uploaded it, and I forgot about it. I went, I preached. When I opened my phone again, I was absolutely shocked. I did not realize how world was thirsty for a message of hope. That's right. In this insanity, it looks like my get out, you Nazis, was the voice of sanity. It was the voice of courage. It was the voice of boldness. It was the, the right thing that resonated with the people. At that moment, I didn't realize what I was doing. Uh, but then later I was told that was the voice of hope, that there are actually yeah. there are someone some people that are willing to say and do what's right and do it in a face of Goliaths, if you will. That's Who do right. you think you are, you uncircumcised Philistine, that you should defy the armies of the living God? So after that, when it went all around the world, they came with a vengeance. Yeah. The SWAT team showed up. They found crooked judges like Adam Germain, John Rook, or David Gates in Alberta. They gave them the swooping powers to arrest me, to enter the church with whomever they want, anything, anytime they want. And if I dared to stop them, I would be found in contempt of court and I would be put to prison. Well, I did it anyway. Get out. SWAT team shows up. Get out. Again, anti-terrorists show up. Get out. So they waited for the people to go home. I got arrested on my knees in the middle of rain, yep. in the middle of the highway. My brother David gets arrested. And that was the story for 2021. In and out of jail, arrested multiple times, charged criminally. I was charged with inciting people to come to church, officiating an illegal gathering, participating in illegal gathering. I was criminally charged for baptizing my daughter in a river in a park. 
insanity. Wow. I went to the States. As you know, I shared my story. I did my best to warn America because what is happening behind the Iron Curtain now in China, that it's coming your way. Be yeah. sure of it. Yeah. Be warned. Um, upon arrival, I was arrested immediately, stepping out of the plane on the tarmac, charged criminally, put in jail, released, went to the rally, arrested, went to the protest, arrested, and then the truck convoy came, and yeah. I was asked uh, by the truckers if I would do a series of church services. Yeah. I gladly did it. I did one in a, a Montana border, Montana between Alberta um, in Kutz. And here is what I said to the people. Hold on to your God and state given rights. Hold the line. Stay strong, but do it peacefully. No guns, right. no swords. This is right. not a violent uprising. And if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for your children. I taught them a little bit of history of what I saw under Lake Valenza, solidarity, when the Berlin Wall collapsed and Iron Curtain was broken. So I gave them a little bit of history and I told them, stand for your rights. You yeah. have those. Criminal Code of Canada, Constitution, Charter Rights and Freedoms, fundamentally guarantee rights. Uh, stand for them. The police was there uh, monitoring me, filming, not a big deal. I went home a few days later. I stepped out of my house. And I'm telling you, this was a takedown of El Chapo, Al Capone of Canada. RCMP, RCMP is like your FBI was there. Yeah. Uh, Anti-terrorists, um, a special unit from SWAT team recording, filming. Uh, that was under a cover police, detectives, yeah. uniformed Calgary police. They blocked the entire street. I was arrested, interrogated for hours, put in prison, um, denied access to lawyers for three weeks. Bibles were wow. confiscated from me. No, they were not giving me glasses. I would be placed in metal cages, hmm. metal cages like a dog. I could not even move. I was placed in solitary confinement, taken from my solitary confinement to another cell, concrete, no water, no washroom. 45 days I spent in solitary in a most cruel um, in, 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 you know, I, I don't think you can imagine yeah. being there for hours on concrete or in metal mm -hmm. cages, kidnapped by sheriffs, by a use of lie, without the knowledge of my family, without the knowledge of the lawyers, taken, shackled legs, the whole nine yards, penguin march, taken to another city hundreds of miles away. And believe it or not, I was placed in a max spot for the most dangerous wow. terrorists. I was wow. told that I'm not even allowed to have a pen because I'm considered the most dangerous inmate. Later, the judge learns about this. Uh, during that time, five inmates already testified that the guards were giving them incentives to murder me. In Maxpot, wow. I was kept in a cell in an entire unit. I was the only inmate. There was a unit for hundreds of people. I was the only one guarded on top of that by three guards non-stop locked in a metal cage then i was released freezing conditions and believe it or not if that was not enough they placed me in a psych ward without the evaluation of the doctors without the knowledge of alberta health services completely illegal later i was finally the judge learned about this i was released placed on house arrest i'm talking to you from my house arrest then we met the judge and the judge uh, the trial was two days. Uh, the, no witness was called. The Crown prosecutor accused me of causing Canadian economy over $400 million worth of damages. He compared my peaceful sermon on a private property to Rwanda genocide. Wow. He said my sermon was like a man inciting murder on other men. No witness was called. Uh, word by word, my, the trial, the sermon was on trial. It has never been done in Canada before. I'm the first Canadian being subjected to such a craziness, China style, North Korea style, Soviet style. Later on, month later, the judge agreed with this lying, deceiving, manipulating uh, Crown Prosecutor Stephen Johnston is his name, from a special Crown unit. He is the one designated to hunt down like a witch hunt uh, people from the truck convoy. And I am one of them. There is many of us, uh, but I am the only pastor that is hunted down like this. The judge yeah. sided with the Crown Prosecutor, and I have become the first Canadian ever to be found guilty on inciting mischief, which has 10 years attached to it. And I am the first and the only 
Canadian in the history of this country that has been charged and now convicted of eco-terrorism under the Defense Act, interfering with the crucial infrastructure under the Defense Act. And my sentencing was supposed to happen tomorrow, but it was pushed to September 18. So this is in a nutshell. I mean, the story yeah. is so complicated yeah. and the twists and everything. I did my best to kind of lay a yeah. foundation for the people so they can understand what is happening at the north border because what is happening to us my friends be sure of it it's going or maybe already started to happen in your beloved country in the united states of america that's right that's right that's right wow pastor wow i mean there's so much there's so many levels i mean i can't even imagine the levels uh of emotion and 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 uh, just frustration and and um, you're processing with the Lord. I, I heard you say in the interview, the question was asked, of course, about you know, how you get through this. And I know you talked about the importance of your family and the importance of your faith. I want to go back just a quick step. Um, everything that, folks, everything you just listen, if you're joining us late and you jumped in and you think, well, maybe Pastor Arthur is describing what it was like in Poland, uh, where he came from. Maybe Pastor Arthur was describing some headlines from communist China. No, folks, this is Canada. This is the place that you heard in his testimony that he said he was told at the consulate, come to Canada. That's what we were told. That's why my dad immigrated to Canada, because Canada was supposed to be the place of freedom where you can believe whatever you want and no one's going to bug you and we're all going to melt. And now you're, you're listening. And uh, Pastor, uh, we had been tracking the plight of some of the pastors in Canada going back to 2010, 2012, when they were being put on trial for uh, preaching the Bible, preaching against homosexuality, preaching against abortion, things like that, that the Bible is very clear on. Uh, so as you said, this, is, this has been going on, but something shifted with COVID. I want to go back to where, again, most people, I think, picked up your story, uh, that incident at the church where you kicked them out. Um, I remember when you were in Knoxville, you said, that uh, even though many people around the world, as you said, have now viewed this video and relate to you and relate to that, that, that courage because they're hungry, they're, they're looking for the leadership in the church that is actually demonstrating Christian-like behavior, Christian-like courage, the courage of the early disciples, the courage of the book of Acts, the courage that it takes. Um, but you were criticized for calling those individuals, those, the law enforcement, and I'm a former police officer, so I'm saying this from the aspect that I was sickened to see the behavior of law enforcement in these nations, and here in America as well. I was sickened how many police officers just said, well, it's the orders. We're just taking orders. We just got to follow orders. But you called them Nazis. You called them Gestapo. Get out, you Nazis, you Gestapo. And if I remember, you said that in Calgary, there was not one pastor that stood with you. Was that correct? Or did I hear that right? Yes. I mean, first of all, people have no idea what I'm saying because they don't know history. They don't right. teach history anymore. They indoctrinate children, right? They're making um, another generation of slaves. Gestapo is a political police. So when they invaded our church, they did it in a capacity not as a, you know peace officers, but as a political uh, police, Gestapo, to shut down our freedoms, to break the law. When I see an officer, and, and again, on the record, I have a deep, um, you know, uh, respect for the uniform and the rule right. of law and, right. and the hierarchy, uh, because God is God, not of chaos, but he's a God of order. There's Amen. order in his kingdom. However, when I see corruption, so when I see an officer of the law doing his job, I, I clap and I thank him. And I did it. I did it many times. Uh, when I see them breaking the law, I have to. I'm compelled to tell them this is wrong. But when I see a repetition of them breaking the law and they're not changing their behavior, then more and more they look like the Nazis of old. More and more they look like the Gestapo of old. And that get out video, you got to remember, I was already harassed by those people for over a year. Right. My ordeal started at the beginning of 2020 when they attended every single service that I had at street church outside. And now they decided to invade our building. 
And so I've dealt with them for over a year. And that's why I called them, because this was not just one incident. Right. There were hundreds of incidents with the law enforcement agents breaking the law. So what I was trying to do, I was trying to get an attention from the general public. Look, we are repeating history. What is happening to mm. us right now is just a repetition of what we have seen in history. And you got to remember... My problem with the corruption in this country started in 2005. In 2008, the federal government in Canada revoked my charitable tax status mm. because they said I'm speaking negatively about divorce, abortion, and homosexuality. So to this day, uh, since 2008, I am being penalized as a Canadian, as a clergyman, uh, because I dare to speak about things that the government doesn't want me to speak about. Um, so this is an ongoing, it didn't start in the past three years. They were making this, they were creating this totalitarian regime by indoctrinating people, uh, by manipulating, of course, mainstream propaganda and the political arena for decades. Right. Right, Pastor, you're absolutely right. And, and that, that's such a good backstory that we have to understand that this didn't start with COVID. You know, COVID was, of course, the, the, the mechanism. Our, our ministry was right there with you. We, we were at the very beginning warning about, uh, you know, that, listen, there's an agenda here. This is not about health. It's not about saving lives. It's not about caring about people. Um, and and, and there's, a, there's an absolute agenda. There's an absolute um, uh, movement to, to, to control and tyranny. And what you demonstrated was the remnant of the church. What you demonstrated in Canada was what we were doing in, in, in Washington State when I was still in Washington State pastoring before we moved to Tennessee, which is we kept our churches open. We said, we have a clear mandate from Scripture that yeah. we will not forsake the assembly of the believers. And you were doing it inside and outside the building because you were literally feeding people and taking care of people who were being thrown away during COVID. I mean, you know, it's all about health and we love people, yet, you know, forget the elderly, let's let them die, forget the homeless, forget all the people that are suicidal, forget the people that are now doing drugs, forget all the domestic violence and people beating each other up and committing suicide because of, of these tyrannical lockdowns and people can't hug each other and, like you said, they can't have Christmas together. I mean, it was just so demonic. Yeah. And yet the church of Jesus Christ just went along with it like a little passive lamb, like whatever the government said we're going to do. And I think it showed how many churches are state, like in Iran, you know, we have an expression, we know the state-run churches from the real churches. We know the state-run, we, we know the churches that are, are state-sanctioned because we know they're not real churches versus the real underground churches that are suffering persecution. So that's why I think that video was so powerful, because now it's a moment of, of colliding. It's a moment of, of, of that worldview. And, and I applauded you saying those things, even though I know there was criticism, because you were speaking truth. You, you, you lived it. You lived it. And that's what's so missing in the American church. That's what's so missing is these pastors that, that, that in the West that think, oh, this stuff can't happen here. Oh, it's just our uh, uh, Christian privilege. Maybe you've heard that one too. It's just our Christian privilege. But it's so important to understand, folks, that this is, their, this is the birth pangs. This is what the Bible, this is what Christians are facing in other parts of the world. And Pastor Archer has been a shining example of standing up to the power that is unlawful, that, that that, that we are called to obey the government if the government is obeying God. If the government is obeying God and His laws and His decrees, the moment the government becomes a worker of iniquity, then we have a duty to defy. And that's what you're talking about. One more time, because uh, I, I do want to get to your son too, because uh, I want to play a quick video that he played at the European Parliament um, but um, I, I, before we do that, I want you to talk again just really quick, a little bit in detail about this solidarity because fast forward, the truckers in Canada, um, I, I've heard it described this way. Tell me if you agree or not. To, to me, it was a little bit like what happened on January 6th, right? Where, where 
a, a million plus Trump supporters, I was there, by the way, going to D.C. to pray for our nation, to stand in solidarity, to stand as one voice, to pray, to worship, to plead with God, uh, to stop the steal of, of, of an election. And it was a setup. It, I, I've, I've associated that with, the, with what happened with the Reichstag, you know, in, in, in Nazi Germany, where it was a setup. Uh, do you think that the, the, the situation with the truckers was kind of a setup? In, in that, I'm not talking about the genuineness of the truckers and, and, and their courage, but um, what they, that, that they, were, they were planning on that because didn't Trudeau invoke, first time in Canadian history, uh, basically, uh, what, was it like a national emergency, like wartime yeah, it was, emergency? It, it was martial law. Um, no, his father did it as well. It's uh, okay. kind of ironic. His father was a little tyrant, and now his son is a tyrant as well, the modern-day Caligula, as my son calls him. Mm. Uh, no, it was not a setup. It was a genuine movement of the people that were sick and tired of uh, government's uh, tyranny. <coughs> so what they decided to do, they decided to uh, show uh, by the numbers that Canadians are sick and tired of this, and they wanted to talk to government representatives in Ottawa. So that's what it was. It was very peaceful. It was um, Bansi castles feeding each other. You know, I was there and I'm telling you, it was absolutely beautiful mm. with the truckers. They were bringing their cats, their dogs, their horses, um, food, you know, grills, uh, hugging, kissing, uh, loving, singing together, crying with each other. It was what Canada was always supposed to be all about. But the government got scared because we had over a million people that were showing strength and the government panicked that um, they are not going to be able to forward the globalistic agenda because you got to remember all the politicians in Canada are traitors and I'm telling you not one Canadian politician either MLA or a member of parliament is standing for the people not a single one they all are the same the same parties the liberals the Nazis the NDP communists and socialists and the traitors the conservatives they're all the same not one is defending us. Uh, it's, it's a shocking. It's a shocking thing if it comes to what happened to us during the COVID era. So anyway, the government got scared. And when you panic, you do stupid things. So they started to shoot people with rubber bullets. They trampled elderly, uh, you know, grandmas with horses. And, um, and they invoked uh, uh, martial law, which was uh, completely crazy, froze bank accounts. Um, so it showed, yeah. uh, in other way, their true... Uh, colors. Um, so what we have right now, unfortunately, it was a big test. I think that God was allowing all of this to happen to mm -hmm. test the church and the church failed. We have in the church, we um, clearly showed who is who in the zoo. So you've got Azabs that had no problem to sell their birthrights uh, for a bowl of soup. You've mm -hmm. got Judas Iscariot, pastors that got millions of dollars in Canada to segregate, separate, isolate people, implement Nazi passport, all these evil, wicked things. Judas is Iscariot, sold their faith and Jesus for money. And then you've got Peters, cowards that were just terrified, denied Jesus because of fear. And the same thing happened in the Nazi Germany in the 30s. You've got churches flying swastikas all over Germany during that time. Uh, people were terrified, scared, uh, or uh, many of them sold Jesus because they loved what Hitler was doing this nation pride and, you know, power and all those different things. So they went along supporting the Nazi party. This is a repetition. That's exactly what happened. But this time globally and church failed. But out of the ashes of the cowardly, you know, sold out church, God is raising up his remnant. Mm. His remnant never took the knee. And out of the ashes of the religious mafia enterprise, as I call it, mm. God is raising up faceless, nameless nobodies. And people that are like, who is this guy? Who is that woman? Like, where do they came from? Well, God is raising a new church, a church uh, that is uh, without a spot, uh, you know? Yeah. Without yeah. a wrinkle, a real a bride of Christ. Because you got to remember, Jesus is coming by, but he's coming for what? Not for this. This is, this is a mockery of a church. This is yeah. a joke. This is a sold-out horror of Babylon, not the church. He's coming for a clean church, for, 
for a spotless uh, church, for a, a one that actually believes and is prepared and is willing uh, to go. I always say to the people, if cost the father the life of his son, if cost the son his own life, his own blood, do you really think it's not going to cost you anything? Yeah. You really believe that this whole thing is for free? I mean, Jesus is giving it for us. Uh, he died for us, uh, but we have to pick up that cross, as he says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. They will hate you. They hated me. They will hate you. They persecuted me. They will persecute you. Mm. All of this has been thrown out of the Western church because it doesn't sound good and doesn't generate money. The churches have become entertainment centers instead of kingdom minded, kingdom forwarding army of God that uh, is without compromise. That, Pastor, that's so good. That's so good. What, I mean, that's the message. That's the message that we have to proclaim. That's the message that this end-time church needs to hear. What a powerful, powerful summation of exactly what the church looks like and, 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 and the remnant, the separation of that remnant. And, and I think uh, you probably agree that uh, the Lord used COVID to, to further refine, to further separate and sift and, and bring us to that place. And, and you kind of, like you said, you, you, you saw the true colors. We saw the true colors of, of government. We saw the, the tyranny of government, whether we have the corrupt Biden regime here in the United States and the FBI and the DOJ, or we have the corrupt uh, Canadian government, the Trudeau and, and, and the provincial governments there. It is shocking. I want to go to the video. Um, I'm so, I, 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 you know, I can only imagine how proud you are of your son, Nathaniel. Uh, we got to meet him. I think he was with you, if I remember, when you were here in Knoxville. Um, and he went to the European Parliament. Quickly tell us, how did that even come about? Because obviously you can't travel because you're under yeah, house so arrest, right? I was invited to come and testify against the Canadian uh, tyranny um, to let the European uh, people know what's happening. And of course, I was denied. I was, I'm not allowed to travel outside of Canada. And um, I said, OK, fine, I cannot come, but I can do a video and I can send my wife and my son, Nathaniel. They can testify. So that's how everything unfolded. They flew over there, uh, Brussels uh, in Belgium. They testified. Nathaniel spoke first and then they played that video. Uh, and, and, and folks, uh, if you go, uh, we're going to bring up um, uh, dry. Let's bring up that Fox News article so we can show them where to go if you want to watch the full video. Uh, go ahead and bring it up. He, th this is, uh, Pastor, you won't be able to see this, but it's the son of Canadian pastor facing now prison for sermon. Uh, he blasts Trudeau before the European Union Parliament and draws a standing ovation, which he did. It was a powerful speech. Go ahead and come back to me, please, Drya. Um, and, uh, Pastor, this, again, uh, folks, go watch this video. Um, your son did you proud. Uh, your, your, your son was bold and courageous. I love what you said. He's, he, he's like a... He's a, he's a lion. He's a lion uh, in, in training. Um, he's 23 years old. And there's some incre incredible things he said. But I want to play, we're going to play just about four minutes here, folks, of the video that Pastor Archer put together uh, that sort of also encapsulates his story and brings us up to where we are. And when we come back from the video, Pastor, I want to talk about where we are now, what you're facing now and what your son is also facing because he's also in legal trouble now with the Canadian government. Let's go to this video, about four minutes and we'll come back. I am Artur Wolowski, born behind the Iron Curtain in Poland, crushed by the Iron Fist of oppression. The armed forces now rule in Poland with martial law and the threat of execution for those who break it. The horrors inflicted by unchecked despotism have burned their mark into my memory. The December of 1981, when martial law turned our cities into shadows. The biting winters, when the quest for bread met with empty shelves. The silenced voices of cutting forest. These memories led me to vow never again, never again would I bow to tyranny, never again would I let freedom's voice be muffled. This promise guided me to Canada, a beacon of liberty. 
Uh, you can keep it. I have a court order that says your actions are illegal. Back up. Respect my rights. Freedom is more than a word. It's a measure of our humanity, courage, and determination. It's a cost borne by soldiers, journalists, and volunteers. We are providing necessity. When the shadow of tyranny found me again, denying me the right to serve the needy, disregarding its own rules, I remembered never again. After receiving new enforcement powers for public gatherings Thursday, Calgary police have arrested Arthur and David Pavlovsky. Get out of this property. Immediately get out. Premier of Alberta right now declared the protesting is illegal. So when I opened my church in the protest against the government overreach, I spent three days in jail for my crime of opening the church in a free and democratic society. Like a soldier, I, I've tasted the bitter price of freedom, endured the cold handcuffs and harsh judgment. The soldier stands unflinching, knowing that freedom bears a cost. There is a price to pay. Like a journalist, I've dared to speak truth to power. My voice not in reverberates through Calgary and beyond, fulfilling the duty of free speech. Like a volunteer, I've served my community with deeds, not my words, knowing that true freedom lies in service to others. St. Augustine, a pillar of our Christian faith, said, hope has two beautiful daughters, anger and courage. Anger at the status quo and courage to change it. From my house arrest, I pose this question to you, honorable members of the European Parliament. How many nights in cold cell would you endure for freedom? What lengths would you traverse to defend your people's rights? You see, I have spent 50 nights in jail standing up for our right to gather and worship. It's time to rise to say never again to face the lingering shadows of the 20th century, to challenge the injustice of today. It's in your best interest for people like me to survive. Because when we go down, be sure of it, you will be next. Wow, uh, Pastor, we're back, and um, that's just, what a powerful video, folks. What a powerful video. And again, I encourage you to go to that article and uh, listen to Nathaniel's part of the speech as well. Pastor, you said, hope has two daughters, anger and courage. Anger at the status quo and courage to change it. Never again will I be silent. Uh, those are powerful words and a powerful example of what you have endured and what is yet ahead of you because as you said, your trial has been pushed back now till September. Um, they're playing games with you. They're, they're, they're gonna do everything they can to manipulate the system. And folks, we have to continue to pray for Pastor Arthur and for his son. Quickly tell us, uh, what is your son going through now? Yes, so Nathaniel was uh, detained and then charged for attending, according to them, an illegal protest against Drag Queen Story Hour. So we have this all across Canada, pedophilia, grooming of the children, bathroom invaded by, uh, by pedophiles and, and groomers um, in our schools. So the youngsters are sick of it. They are uh, rising up. The girls uh, came to to us asking for help because mm. no one is helping them. Now they're being invaded in their uh, bathrooms by crazy people. And uh, there are rapes, believe it or not, in our schools uh, happening in the bathrooms of girls. So no one is talking about uh, this. No one is defending them. So the youngsters decided to uh, go and oppose that peacefully in a public uh, forum, in a public place. And for that, uh, they were charged and also, the, <clears throat> Nathaniel dared to read the Bible, um, mm -hmm. and he was charged with harassment. So when they went to the European Union, on the way back with my wife, they were detained 
and they were interrogated and then they were searched and Antonio learned that there is a warrant for his arrest for what he did. So I, um, I went, I, um, you know, showed to the world what is happening. They're coming after my boy. Uh, it went viral again. And then the Calgary police said, well, it was a, it was a mistake. It was a clerical error. And uh, however, the charges still remain. A few days later, he had to come uh, to the judge and plead not guilty. We had to hire a lawyer, a $10,000 retainer, $525 per hour, and the fight uh, continues. So uh, this is what's happening. It's very interesting. When I was released from prison and put on house arrest, I had for eight months government operatives coming to me, offering me all kinds of incentives. I was offered money. I was offered a government position, $250,000 a year. I was offered a guaranteed seat at the legislature. If I would stop talking about corruption, if I would stop, wow. ex, you know, uh, showing to the whole world what is happening in Canada, that was going on for eight months, multiple meetings, multiple things, including uh, a one with the premier uh, recorded. So anyway, fast forward, I said, no, I'm not for sale. Mm. Uh, because I have been already bought Amen. with the precious blood of Jesus. Uh, they offered me $2 million. And I'm thinking, I was a millionaire before. And I'm telling you, um, this money would turn me into a puppet, into a slave. I'm fighting for freedom for me. But I'm also fighting for freedom for you. And uh, I don't want to end up a slave of the state again for incentives. So I said, no. So they came back with blackmail for the past two months. That's what I'm being subjected to blackmail and coercion. If I don't give the fixers, they call themselves the fixers. Uh, apparently, there was a meeting with the ex prime minister, ex premier and the wannabe prime minister, uh, Pierre Polyev. And they said that they need to eliminate me from the board because I am jeopardizing the federal election. The conservatives that are so corrupted. Uh, they want to be the ruling party. And uh, they said, if you don't give $150,000, if you don't withdraw yourself from politics, and I am a leader of a new formed political party in the province of Alberta called the Solidarity Movement of Alberta, you have to walk away from politics and you cannot talk about politicians anymore until the next election. If you do that, we, fix, we will fix your problem. We own the judge. So I said no. So I got another call. I had multiple phone calls and the one said, pack your bag, you're going to prison. We own the judge. He's bought and paid for and he was ordered to lock you back in prison. So I'm facing 10 years on September 18. But, you know, I'll tell you why I'm telling you this story, because everything that is happening, it's always about the same thing, about the truth. Did God really say that? The truth is the number one thing. And the Bible says that the truth will set the captives free. Amen. It's all about the truth. And I must, as a pastor, I must tell the people what's really going on. I must stick with the truth. And in the end, the truth will set us free. So we are like lions. Lions never bow before the hyenas. Lions go and eat the hyenas for breakfast. I say to the people when they call me and text me and send emails like, are you not afraid what they're going to do to you? And I say, listen, in the end of the day, we know how the story ends. We win. I've read the Bible many times and I'm telling you, I know how this ends. We win. So keep plowing, keep speaking, keep fighting, be courageous. Uh, God said to Joshua, haven't I told you to be strong and courageous? Be very strong and courageous. That's what God wants from his people. We must rise up. We must look into the face of the giants of today and say, who do you think you are? You're uncircumcised Philistine. Who do you think you are, Biden, Obama, Clinton, Gates, Schwab, or whatever the devil, demon possesses out there? Uh, who do you think you are? You got to remember that on the other side of that, a mountain of a man is your destiny. My destiny is on the other side of this trouble. The Goliath is just an obstacle for what God has in store for me. That's why David with gladness uh, runs towards the giant because he knows that's his destiny. There's so many people that are missing their destiny. You see, the giants of today are our opportunity to show to the whole world that our God is bigger than the Philistines, that the giants, the Goliaths. And, and that's what we must do. This is our time for the most powerful testimony ever. 
Amen. Amen and amen and amen, Pastor. What a, what a powerful message. Uh, what an example. What an example. I can't tell you just how honored I am um, to, to have met you before, to, to have followed your story, to have shared your story wherever I travel and speak and try to bring light to, to what you're going through, what your family is going through, but also your message to God's people, your message as a messenger through the suffering, through the persecution, through um, criminality. I mean, this, this, it, sounds like a, it sounds like the mob, <laughs> but this is the governments of the world. This is uh, the, the corruption, the cabal that is. And as you said, the only way that we can navigate is to, uh, to obey God, to serve Him, to walk according to Him. And as I said at the beginning of the show, that we are called to have no fellowship with this darkness, but to expose it. You were offered, like Judas, the bribe. And you could have taken that money and said, it's all over, it's done. But yet you've stood your ground and said, I will not be bought because I've already been bought. That was so well said. So we're going to pray for your son, Nathaniel. Um, he needs to raise money for his uh, legal fees. So folks, I want to bring up Pastor Arthur's website. Uh, besides praying for Pastor Arthur, we have to pray for him. We have to pray for his family. Uh, we know that his sustenance, his joy, his perseverance comes from the Lord. We know, I mean, first and foremost, he said it. It comes from his family, and then it comes from the Lord. So we got to pray for that greater measure, and we got to pray that God will continue to use this for his glory and to wake up his remnant, whether in Canada, whether in the United States, or to the ends of the earth. So uh, please go to his website right here. This is what his website looks like, streetchurch.ca, streetchurch.ca. Please make a donation. Support them. Support uh, the legal fund for Nathaniel because now he is also uh, in this quagmire of the corrupt Canadian government and this legal system. Um, and so we need to continue to make sure that we're putting our money where our mouth is and not just saying, oh, yeah, we feel bad, but, you know, we're going to move on with our lives. No, this has got to impact our lives. And, Pastor, your story has impacted my life. Your story uh, gives me hope, gives me courage, gives me faith to continue to um, remain in the fight and do whatever it takes, whether we get, we ha we're hated, whether we have death threats, as you face, uh, as I faced being a former Muslim and coming out of Islam and speaking on those issues, um, or, or whether um, we lose our family or friends or whatever it is, whatever it is, it's worth it. Uh, Pastor, any, we got about a minute, any final words that you want to share, anything else that I didn't cover, uh, and then we'll, we'll encourage them to visit your website again. Well, um, the final things I would like to leave with people is remember, uh, we're all going to die. And the only thing that actually makes, uh, makes it to the other side of eternity is what you have done for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. So again, be courageous, be strong. Do not be intimidated by the size of the enemy. Remember that God is bigger than all of them. I remember years ago, he said to me, and now I understand why he was telling me all those things. He said, uh, Art, remember this for the rest of your life. You and me, we are always the majority. And I want to leave you with that. You and God, you already have won because he is a winner. He's a fighter. He is the victor. And no one can dethrone our God. So when you stick with the winner, you will win as well. And that's what I have decided to do. And I'm so glad that I have such an amazing family that is also sticking with the winner. And God has given me friends around the world that also have chosen to be winners and to stick with the one that created it all. In the end of the day, your life belongs not to the judge because our judge, God, is the judge of judges. Our lives are not, they don't belong to the Biden, to the president, to the mayor. It belong, our lives belong to our living God and he will have the final say in our lives. Amen, amen. Well, please consider this ministry and myself, a friend of Pastor Arthur and your family, Whatever we can do, however we can support, as I said, I, I continue to carry your story. Um, I know that there's much ahead, much battle ahead, folks. This is not um, anywhere over, near over uh, his fight. Uh, we didn't even have time to get into all that could be ahead of you 
in the legal um, cases. But uh, we would love to have you back again and, and please um, know that we're following your story. Folks, again, please visit streetchurch.ca. One more time, Jara, if we can get the, the website up, streetchurch.ca. This is what it looks like. I love the lion of the tribe of Judah on the screen. That's exactly it. That's who we serve. Uh, Pastor, thank you. It was such an honor. Thank you for courageously standing, for telling your story. Um, and we are praying for you. And, uh, and, I, and I exhort every one of our listeners to please pray and pray that God will be glorified and have victory and that the very schemes of the enemy, all of the, uh, all of the gallows of Haman that are reserved for Pastor Archer or his son or his family, I pray in Jesus' name will be flipped on the enemy. I pray that it will be flipped on their heads and that God will thwart and confuse and confound their plans in Jesus' name. So we're praying for you, Pastor Arthur. Thank you. God bless you. And um, we're, again, so grateful you've made time for us today. And we will definitely follow you and have you on again. Thank you, Pastor Arthur. Thank you so much. Say hi to the church. Yes, sir. We will do. So, folks, uh, thank you for being with us today on Truth Today. Uh, what a program. Please share this. Please go to our Rumble page at rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian, rumble.com slash Sharam Hadian. That's where we're going to archive this and you'll be able to get the link and share it and get people to watch. You saw how what a must-watch interview this was. The story must get out. The details of the story must get out. People must know what persecution looks like, what endurance looks like, what perseverance looks like, what faith looks like in the face of those giants. And Pastor Archer demonstrated that. And folks, uh, if you want to support our ministry as well, uh, please visit again our website and you can, you can uh, make a donation if you want a one-time donation to keep this uh, program on the air tillministry.com slash donate tillministry.com slash donate multiple ways that you can um, give there uh, including um, uh, with our Gideon Army of 300 where if you want to give on a monthly basis folks remember that we are a ministry and a church that is unincorporated we are not under the shackles of the 501c3 we are a free church, 508 church, and therefore we don't uh, uh, live and, and breathe by the permission of the government. We live and breathe and operate as a church ministry by the permission of the King of Kings, the head of the church, Jesus Christ. So uh, your donations are deductible, but it doesn't really matter because let's give unto the Lord. So please pray for Pastor Arthur. Please pray for us. We'll be back Thursday night with you live, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Thank you for being with us. God bless you. We'll see you then.